Hello, everyone. Kamustaka. Welcome to today's episode, and it is the last one of the February special episodes. If I get it done in time, that is, and I am not optimistic about that. And neither are you, probably, because let's face it, life keeps kicking me in the face, and I don't know if I mean that figuratively anymore. It's hard enough to upload during the week when you have a full-time job and a kitten who just turned six months old on Monday. And my mom sent a kitty care package for her birthday. You can imagine how that has gone. Oh, and then there was the office's chili cook-off. And because Filipino food is so famous in my office, I was under a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's not a realistic or relevant expectation, but I have the bravado of a chicken nugget, so I said nothing. And then there's been the construction in my neighborhood that's all emergency-related, and my neighbors aren't the best. It's been a rough couple weeks. But more than all of that, I wasn't sure how to approach this episode. Because this so-called season I composed on the fly turned out to have three episodes, not two, and I hardly planned for two. But maybe this all shouldn't have been so hard. Because Filipinos are full of love and our history is full of love stories. So why don't I give you a historical one? Well, it's not quite a love story, but you'll see. But first, you're going to need some background information. Probably. You see, there was this guy called Jose Rizal, and he's kind of a big deal. He was a patriot, physician, and intellectual in the Philippines in the late 1800s. That's a trifecta right there. He's almost like the Enlightenment-era philosophers that I heard a lot about in school. In fact, having lived in that time period, he's not as far off as you might think. It helped, of course, that like all of them, he was born into great wealth, which gave him a great deal of opportunities. Rizal was initially educated in Manila, and then went on to the University of Madrid in Spain. But that didn't mean he was a great fan of the Spanish or that he completely rejected their rule over the Philippines. Look, it was a complicated relationship, many would say. One that I'm distilling to a great degree, but that's a topic for another episode. There's a lot I could say about him and his beliefs. I could also say a lot about one of his most famous novels, Nole Me Tangere which is a Filipino classic and something my cousins mentioned studying in school. In it, Rizal laid out all of the problems of colonialism and all the sins or structural evils of the Spanish rule in the Philippines. Once again, though, it wasn't an outright condemnation or a call for independence. It was just a passionate call for reform. Sure, maybe you think it wasn't enough, especially if you know the history, but that novel and its sequel firmly established him as the leading spokesperson of the reform movement, not as a leading advocate for independence. 
But even with that distinction, you can easily see that he had a target on his back. So when the colonial Spanish government found a chance to execute him, even if the charges weren't great, they took it. But that seemed to seal their fate. Because by executing a very public figure who only wanted and advocated for reform, they swayed the more moderate segment of the population into wanting outright independence. But there's more to the story than that. There's a lot more to him than that, and a lot more I want to say, so I'm going to do that in a different episode. Today's episode is supposed to be about love, right? Well, Rizal had a lot of those. He was almost like the French philosopher Rousseau, if we're going to keep making callbacks to European intellectuals, but he was nowhere near as dysfunctional. We just didn't get to hear about him in school, hence why I want to make more detailed episodes on him and his famous works. In fact, that might be my grand return after that missed episode in April, but I'm not going to commit too strongly. For now, I only want to tell you about one of his loves. A tragic one at that, or it had all the pieces of a tragedy. Who is to say either way? You had two young people coming together in his uncle's boarding house. Doesn't that seem like the start of a great love story? Maybe it was. And maybe Rizal saw the young Leonor Rivera and was swept up by her beauty. And maybe she felt the same way. Maybe Rizal struck a handsome profile that Rivera's eyes fell upon as she entered her uncle's home. They were second cousins, a common arrangement of the era, though we are more inclined to think about the romance than the details we find unsettling. The pieces were there, even if this encounter was not grand at all. He was the intelligent young man many a woman would dream of, and she was the beautiful dove with a lovely singing voice and a talent for music. They were both dreams in their own right, and brought together they seemed to be a living fairy tale. Maybe they saw it, or maybe they fell in love in some other ways and for some other reasons. Regardless, there was beauty therein. But Leonor's parents were not so thrilled. Rizal was a bit of a subversion, you might say. He wasn't so thrilled with the way the world was, and he made his opinions known. Ideologically, he did not go as far as he could have in that, but even being critical of the Spanish rule came with great dangers. Rizal had his points, and he was a bright young man who could explain them rather well. He was not stupid, he was not a fool, he was not a sheep. Problem is, this wasn't a matter of being right or wrong. It seldom is, either then or now. There are beliefs and causes worth dying for, but could you risk someone else's life for them? Is it martyrdom to push someone else forward, or even to lead someone into a battle they never had any interest in? Certainly not. 
Could it ever be justified? With any word or idea? Probably not. I have another question for you. Don't you as a parent have a moral obligation to protect your child or keep them from being this sacrificial lamb for an altar no one in your family is invested in? It's a related question. The same matter looked upon from a different angle. It's a step outside of the perspective you have always approached the subject with. Maybe if you look at it this way, it's obvious why her parents disapproved of this match so much. It wasn't because Rizal was flawed or wrong. It was hardly about him at all. Yes, they might have thought that. But that was not the banner they raised above their heads as they prepared to die on this hill. They weren't uncaring parents disinterested in their daughter's happiness. Quite the opposite. They were parents who knew it's hard to be happy when you're dead. But the children did not see this, or they didn't want to. They could not give up on their love for each other. At this point in his life, Rizal was only just about to depart to Madrid. Such a distance between the Philippines and Spain would pose a problem for young lovers, even in the modern era, with the internet to aid them. But it was worse back then, when letters and ships could take months to reach someone, when the world felt so much bigger. Factually, this is so, but the two of them still believed in love. Rizal especially, who believed the solution to this plight was to marry Leonor before he departed. It wasn't a great solution in practice, but for a romantic soul, the appeal was there. They would be tied together. And in the Philippines, marriage has always been a permanent union. They would be bonded together, in a way that no man or no distance could undermine. But before that could happen, a man did intervene. Rizal's brother, surprisingly, who pointed out how unfair it would be to Leonore to have a husband a world away with only parents' disgust to keep her company. Young love wanted to endure. But despite how little care Rizal gave to his brother's objections, the marriage never happened. And Rizal left for Madrid, penning letter after letter to his love, only for those letters to be intercepted and hidden away by Leonora's disapproving mother. This gesture was a sign of Rizal's devotion to her daughter, but the weight of it was lost on her or not lost on her, but it paled in comparison to her daughter's safety. Nothing could ever compare to that. So this love affair had to die. And die it did, but not in the way she would have liked. Picture a young man in a foreign country, pushing himself to excel academically to have a bright future for he and his beloved. 
Picture a weary mind fueled only by the flutters of a love-struck heart. That which pined only for a woman back home. Personally, when I imagine this, I include his anxious anticipation for a letter. The only sign of her he could hold against his chest. The best he could hope for. He waits and he waits and he waits. And then it comes. But there was a letter that perhaps Rizal was better off not having. For it was not a sign of devotion, a declaration of Leonor's love, but a marriage announcement. In 1890, Leonor had to tell Rizal, her love, that she was engaged to be married to a British engineer named Henry Kipping. It took a while for the letter to get to him, so I imagine, if this was a movie, the letter reached his hands as the wedding planning was at its height. And that included, at the wishes of Leonor's mother, Leonor burning all of Rizal's letters. And this wish, Leonor honored. At last, her mother thought, the nightmare would be dead and over, the dangerous love would be gone banished from her daughter's memory and heart. And with that purging, Leonor would have a wonderful life with a good, steady, and not subversive man. She would not be challenging the status quo, but be embraced and protected by it. All because she let Rizal go. Except she didn't. Or maybe she did. This is just a story, but a beautiful one at that. It's one that fills the soul with hope that something as noble and beautiful as soulmates could exist. Or at least, that's why I want to believe that it's true. But they say she took some of these ashes and hid them away. That she held on to this dream and this love and carried it away from the ashes of the fire. And in an act of defiance, or a gesture of love, who's to say, sewed them into the hem of her wedding dress. They say she wore her love for him. This impossible love. This love that could never be without her family's blessing. All the way down the aisle. There's another reason to like this account. It gives her agency, doesn't it? At a time when a woman did not have much. More so, it's never been that easy for a Filipino child to disobey the wishes of well-meaning parents. But maybe you were hoping that this could have still worked out somehow. Maybe you want love to always win each and every time. Or you know of enough times that it failed, that you need this to be a victory. But no, it isn't. In 1893, Leonor died during childbirth. And it is not just said, but known through documents, that when his sister passed along the news, Rizal said nothing. Not in the moment, or for several days afterwards. 
The weight of the news left him unable to speak. Leonore was gone from him, forever, to always be remembered as the wife of another man. Never his, never his love, never his wife. Nothing like that. If that was his thought, and not just my assumption, Rizal got the final laugh, as it were, or so many think. But it is believed that the character Maria Clara in Nole Me Tangere is Leonore immortalized. If so, she will be forever intertwined with him, in a way that no man can ever tear asunder. This has been a production of Miscellany Media Studios. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, go to our website, miscellanymedia.online, to find more information about our other projects. <laughs>